Today, we take a look at one of the most gruesome topics we've ever discussed on Dead Rabbit Radio. No joke, I questioned whether or not to even do this episode. Today, we cover the spear gun murders on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I think today's episode is only going to be a single story like yesterday's episode. Speaking of yesterday's episode, the um, vampire sex cult of Yerba Buena, that one, I, I was listening back to it, I was editing it, I was laughing, which is kind of self-indulgent when you laugh at your own stuff, but I was laughing and I was thinking, oh dude, this episode, to me, I thought it was very fun to record, it was very entertaining, <laughs> and as I was editing it, I was like, oh, yeah, still gotta do tomorrow's episode, because this episode is probably one of the most disturbing stories we've covered here on Dead Rabbit Radio. It, it was definitely very disturbing to me. And there may be people out there who go, oh, that's not so bad. I saw this movie or I read this article or something like that. But there's a particular gruesomeness to this story that I don't think I've ever encountered in my journeys through the internet. 100% true story. It's a true crime story. Everything's been documented. There's no conspiracy, no spooky ghosts. This is just a look at pure human madness. Now, I will say, there's no sexual abuse or rape or anything like that. That's not, because that is kind of its own, we've covered that a couple times. This is just a, a look, an insight, and it's just how cruel a human can be towards another human. So, that being said, I imagine for a lot of you, this will be the end of the episode. So, play outro music, deadrabbitradio.gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook. But for those of you who want to stick around, and, and if you guys jump out right there, that's totally fine. I hope you guys come back tomorrow. I'm not, I want to let you know, and I've never done this before, because I think it's that haunting. But for those of you who are still with us, we're going to go ahead and get started here now. Quick, quick introduction, real quick introduction. Uh, I did actually have a podcast that I started back in like 2003, 2004, and I didn't remember the title of it, but I actually titled that podcast Dead Rabbit Radio as well. And that's not a LARP, but it's, it's a long story. I'll explain it some other time. I want to get into the story. But when I was, that story, that podcast was more political and weird news. This one's not political at all, just all kind of weird news. Well, anyways, I've recently been consolidating all of my computers, all of my hard drives and stuff like that. I had a bunch of like externals that I bought, you know, 10 years ago. And I'm like, I never use it. Let's get the documents off here and trash it. And I've done that with a laptop that was just sitting in a box. And in that process, I found a folder that I had titled New News. And it was all links to articles generally around the time limit of probably about 2004, 2005. So I was... basically bookmarking stuff back then and it's just all saved in these folders i was actually downloading the web pages themselves so because i was always afraid this stuff would get memory hold and a lot of it has now i've a lot of it's political stuff and i've just been deleting that because nobody cares about the bush administration anymore the there's a bunch of weird news in that and you'll see that popping up especially right now when we're doing the shorter episodes but one of the things I found was this article, and I saw the headline, and I was like, well, that's intriguing. I don't remember that at all, and I read it, and it's haunting that this happened 
And I, you know, yesterday's episode, I go, how could they not have made a movie of this crazy vampire sex cult? There's a reason why they would never make a movie of this crime. And again, you guys may think I'm hyping it up a lot, but just wait till we get to it. Let's go ahead and jump in here. It might sound a little bit louder right now because I just moved my mic ahead. Just need to get comfortable, so. It's 2004. Oh, and I should let you know, there's probably not going to be a lot of jokes in this one because it's pretty grim. 2004. We're in Melbourne, Australia. Australia is a continent. I'm sure you guys know about that. It's full of dangerous animals and stuff like that. I have a couple of friends from Australia, actually. But it tends to be like, I think people I picture it as kind of an ideal place. Kind of like New Zealand is kind of like, it seems like a big old hobbit home. I think people look at Australia as just kind of like there's wallabies and kangaroos dancing around and like Crocodile Dundee's doing stuff. If you're over the age of 30, you know who that is. Yahoo Sirius is dancing around. I think he was from Australia. But anyway, so just kind of a harmless nation overall. Even though it's populated by a bunch of <laughs> descendants of convicts, it's they tend to not have like a ton of scandals like other countries would. We're going to travel through the country of Australia and we find ourselves in Melbourne. We'll take the Jason Jalopy for this one because we actually need a little bit of lightheartedness. So we're going down the road. There's like two umbrellas hitting each other, steam shooting out of the back. It's just making a ton of noise. It, it doesn't have... Uh, anyways, forget forget the Jason Jalopy. I'm, I'm getting stuck on the description. We do end up at the home of John Sharp. And John Sharp is married to Anna. And it's not the best marriage in the world. There's friction. But what marriage is perfect? What relationship really is perfect? What complicates things is they have a daughter named Gracie. And Gracie has a thing known as hip dip, hip diplasia, diplasia. So little baby's born, oh, little hip hip problem. The baby's like, oh, you little cane. But they did have to get the baby a brace, so she and she only had to wear it for the first three months. I was sorry, first three years. Huge difference. The baby had to wear it for the first three years. So little baby born with a bad hip, uh, and then they had to get a little hip brace for it. For the baby. And so eventually the baby would only have to wear it for three years. But still it was hard. It was hard, hard for a little baby. And Gracie was like crying a lot. She couldn't sleep. She had a hard time sleeping. I mean a baby's born into the world and they're immediately in pain. That's pretty jacked up. So Gracie's like ah my hip. And that was her first words actually. I shouldn't make jokes but I can't help it. Okay so anyways Gracie eventually loses the brace not like she lost it but they they took it off of her and but the problem was was she still had some difficulties sleeping through the night crying a lot she they she had to be fed i don't know why because it was just a hip thing but she she had some developmental stuff and that put a lot more stress on john and anna's relationship on their marriage hey everyone this is a Jason from the future. I'm actually recording this as I'm editing the episode. Hopefully I don't have to do this more than once in this episode, but I um, made a mistake. She had, she did have to wear the brace for only three months. She was only 20 months old. At some point, I thought she was six for some reason. I think I mentioned she's six several times later in the episode, but so she only had to wear the brace for three months. She's 20 months old. There we go. That's that's our pro- hopefully last clarification on this episode. Enjoy the rest of this this horrible, horrible story. Did I say it started off in 2004? That's not true. It actually starts off earlier. 2004 is when everything happened. So we're actually right now, we're in the year 2003. And John Sharp, he's in like his 30s, I think. 
he's sitting there and he's talking to his wife one day and he goes, you know what? I'm going to buy a spear gun. She's like, what? He's like, yeah, I'm going to buy a spear gun. I just, you know, want to like shoot stuff with my spear gun. The wife doesn't really think anything of it. That conversation probably never happened. But anyways, the point is, he actually did go and buy a spear gun. And in hindsight, it was weird because he never showed any interest in spear fishing. And he would take the spear gun. He bought a spear gun and two bolts. And he went out and he would go in the backyard and he would just shoot stuff with his spear gun. He was practicing using it, basically. Crank it back, put the bolt in, pull the trigger, you know, shoot an apple off a kid's head or something like that. Pull a bolt back, shoot, you know, shooting ducks and stuff. Shooting kangaroos. Anyways, so everything is not perfect, but it's not murder my wife bad until Anna gets pregnant again. And at that point, John is like, I can't do this. I absolutely can't do this again. Like, we have this little girl who was in total pain and I couldn't sleep and she's still having all these difficulties and now we're going to have another baby? I, I just flat out can't do this. Now, a normal person would either man up and say, I can't do this, but I have to do this and do it anyways. Or just leave, just bounce, just be like, yeah, whatever. I'll, I'm going to go to New Zealand. It's only like, what, 20 miles away or whatever. I'm just going to rowboat over there. And just bounce. Like, those are really your only two options if you want to be... One One is obviously grosser than the other, but you can stick around and suffer silently and just deal with it, or you can be a deadbeat dad and, and bounce out. Both of those options are far preferable to the one John picks. So now we're in 2004. March 21st, 2004. John, highly practiced with his spear gun, wakes up one night, his wife's sleeping in bed next to him. He goes to the closet. He goes to the spear gun supply room and he retrieves his spear gun and his two, his two bolts. And he walks into the bedroom. His wife's sleeping there. Just centimeters from her head, he pulls the trigger. And the first bolt goes right into her skull. But she's still breathing. So he brought the other bolt with him. You know, you always have to have a backup, right? Puts it in, pulls it back. Second bolt goes in. Kills her. And he's like, breathe as a sigh of relief, throws some towels on her body, and just sleeps on the couch. Now, right there, that's a sign of a sociopath. Like, you know, I mean, he might have been internally freaking out. He most likely steeled himself to make that decision to kill her, and he'd probably practiced it since he bought the spear gun. I think it's pretty widely accepted that he bought the spear gun to commit the murder. To commit the murder. Can you imagine sleeping and having... A metal rod jammed through your skull. And it didn't kill her the first the first rod didn't kill her. He had to shoot the second rod into her skull as well. But you think that he it must have been a crack shot for it to just go in and devastate enough of the brain that it didn't immediately wake her up. The next morning, he tries to pull the bolts out and they're stuck. Because you know it's evidence. You got a bunch of evidence. You got, you know, what are they, like 12, 12 inch long? Metal rods that can easily be traced back. Oh, look at someone. This wife got killed by a spear gun. Who bought a spear gun recently? The husband. He has to retrieve them. He can't get them out. He can't get the bolts out. All he can do is unscrew them. So he's holding his wife's skull and he's unscrewing it. So the, the sharp tip is still left inside of her skull. He unscrews the shaft. So now he just has the shaft. So it's basically blunt on, the, on both ends. Because the little arrowhead or the little point is inside his skull. He had to unscrew them. 
And he had to do both of them. And then he buried her body in the backyard. Shallow grave. Because he has other plans for that. He has to, you know, actually get rid of the evidence. And then a few days after that, he goes and he buys a brand new bolt. So again, don't want to hype it up too much, but if you want to bounce out now, cue the outro music. DeadRabbitRadio.gmail.com is your email address. Yada, yada, yada. No harm, no foul. March 27th, 2004. John Sharp, widowed, sitting in his home now. So it's what, six days later. So no one's really noticed the, the, the wife is dead. The wife is gone. He's sitting in his house, it's late at night. He's drinking whiskey and coke. He later said he had to do that to calm his nerves. He goes, and he gets his spear gun, out of the spear gun supply closet, and the bolt with the tip on it goes into his daughter Gracie's room. Little, little kid. Little kid. Sleeping. And he takes his spear gun, and he does... The same thing. He puts it centimeters from her head. Pulls the trigger. Gracie immediately wakes. And begins screaming at the top of her lungs. With a spear rod. A spear gun rod. Sticking out of her skull. John obviously panics. This little girl is screaming out loud. She's just been shot in the head. By her father with the spear gun. What's he going to do? What's he going to do? He runs back to his spear gun supply closet, gets the two blunt spear gun rods that he used to murder his wife. They don't have the tip. They're just blunt. Loads one up in his spear gun, points it at his daughter as she's looking at him, fires again. She's still crying, screaming. He loads the other spear gun rod up. The broken spear gun rod points it at her. Tears streaming down her face. Pulls the trigger again. Steel screaming. He then holds his daughter down. And has to pull one of the rods he previously fired out of her skull. Reload the spear gun. And shoot her one last time. Killing her. Jesus Christ. Can you imagine how disgusting of a human being that you have to be to do that. To do really any element of it. To kill your child. To shoot them while they're sleeping. To shoot them multiple times while they're looking at you. To pull a projectile out of their body to shoot them again. To use the same arrows you used to kill your wife six days later. And then imagine little Gracie. I I hope she didn't really know what was going on in those last minutes of her life as he's running to and fro and grabbing extra bolts and pulling one out of her head. Inhumanity. Inhumanity. And we can talk about stuff. We A lot of times we'll talk about inhumanity on a global scale. And then sometimes, you know, like starvation or death camps or, or mass shootings and things like that. And that's all tragic, obviously. And then we can also look at murders and, and abuse and things like that. And that's tragic as well. I honestly don't think I've come across. I read a lot of true crime, a ton of it. 
and I think this is one of the most gruesome ones I've come across. I've read other stuff that could give it a good run for its money, but what pushes this over the edge is simply the age of the victim and the relationship to the perpetrator. Four times in the head with a spear gun. Two of them were dull, and one of them was pulled out of your head. But he's not done. So he's now he has these bodies. He he covers her face up because he doesn't want to look at her because he's a coward. Shooting shooting women in their sleep. And this is what I always talk about serial killers and stuff like that. I always pick weak targets because they're weak. They're weak people. Oh, I'm going to go kill 30 women. Hey, Ted Bundy, good job. Good job. Yeah, go kill a bunch of co-eds. Go try killing some MMA fighters. Cowards. Anyways. He takes his wife, digs her back up out of the ground, chops her body up, throws her in the garbage, takes his little infant daughter, takes her to a dump, tosses her in the garbage. Perfect crime. I'm sure he was just so full of himself. He's going to get away with it. He begins sending out emails to her family from her saying, I'm leaving John. I met a nice guy in this other city far away. And the family immediately becomes suspicious. They're like, this isn't like her daughter. She's never mentioned anything. She's mentioned being unhappy with this guy, but she never mentioned another man before or anything like that. Cops begin to investigate. He ends up being going on the news saying, because at this point he's like, well, she went to this other town and the cops in the other town are like, we can't find her. So then there's a missing person's case for this mother and this daughter. He's one of those idiots who goes on television crying, please come back home. And if you took my wife and kid, please let them go. I just love them so much. Nation was all into this kidnapping. What happened to this mother and her daughter? And she was pregnant. And what's going on? Oh, no, please help me find, you know, doing the whole sob story. The cops weren't buying it, though. Just they were getting really, really suspicious. Eventually on June 22nd, so just a couple months later, he was arrested for murder. And he's that's where we get the account of the murders. He confessed to it. And he was basically saying, well, you know... I was just having, me and my wife were having difficulties, and I just kind of broke one night. But then his family apparently said that he had a history, or had in the past committed child sexual abuse. So the theory, and I know I said it didn't happen, I know I kind of gave that spoiler, I said it wasn't going to happen in the story, but it's just kind of a footnote in this particular story, that he had possibly been abusing Grace that he had possibly been abusing Gracie and that Anna had found out. That might have been the actual motive for the murders. And I was saying that before with the mass shooters, like they'll go off and do this crazy stuff and be these killers, but you don't, still don't want to get known as a pedophile. You know, so I mean, that's that that's definitely possible that he was molesting Gracie and found out he had, to cl- he had to take care of it. It's still gross. He still didn't have to do it. He didn't have to molest her in the first place. He didn't have to get married if you're a disgusting person. There's a whole bunch of stuff that's going on here. He's in prison for life, got sentenced to prison for life. He's in protective custody because the inmates want to kill him. So he's basically in a cell by himself. The end. I mean, I know it's not something that we typically cover on Dead Rabbit Radio. Tends to be a little more jokey. Tends to be a little more mysterious. But sometimes you are just... And again, I was reading this article that was written in 2004. I have links below. I found actual links other than my saved webpage, but... I'm reading this article and I'm thinking, you know what's insane? Is this is so brutal and cold 
and vicious. And I forgot about it. Everyone forgot about it. Like at the time when I downloaded that webpage, I am 100% for sure that I was like, oh my God, this is the most vicious crime I've ever heard of. And then 14 years later, I'm surprised when I read the details again. And I'm sure at the time there were these specials and these Dateline NBCs and these exposés, you know, what's going on, da 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 da. And people just don't remember this story anymore. And I talked on, I touched on that on an earlier episode about a school shooting everyone's forgotten, where the guy broke into the school and molested a bunch of girls and then opened fire. And that was the worst school shooting you've never heard of. That was a long ago episode. I think it was episode 40 something. We just get so overwhelmed by the inhumanity that goes on around us that we forget these horrible, horrible things. And you're like, well, Jason, thanks for reminding me of it. There's a strong possibility that I don't release this episode. Or at least don't release it when it's scheduled. I'm going to have to sit back and edit it because it is a heavy one. It's almost like too heavy. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see if this one gets released. 